America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Before we begin this episode of Potterless, continuing my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. So the merchandise store is live. If you go to bit.ly slash merch on, all lowercase, you can get some amazing Potterless merch. And I have a fun little contest to announce in regards to the merchandise. So the Wizard on pins, the Ludo Bagman posters, the Potterless stickers, those are all ready to be shipped right now. But the shirts and sweater are on pre-order until this Friday, June 22nd. Now you'll notice that for the shirts, there is different colors options, one for each of the Hogwarts houses. So we're having a little pre-order competition whereby when the pre-order closes, whichever house is in the lead, I will make a special bonus episode that is free to the public, not behind any sort of Patreon paywall, about that particular house. So the current standings are Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and then a tie for third between Slytherin and Gryffindor. And the Gryffindor inside of me is crying, but the cynic inside of me is laughing because these standings are the exact opposite of what they would be in the book. So get in those pre-orders. I will make a special bonus episode just doing a big deep dive about the history of the house, the founders, all that good stuff. So head on over to bit.ly slash Merchon and try to get your house to win. If you like hearing me talk about Harry Potter, but you want it in some sort of different format, I guest starred on the Potterotica podcast recently. So we read a short story, an erotic Harry Potter fan fiction that was inspired by Britney Spears' Toxic. And oh boy, it was a hoot and a half. So just search for Potterotica wherever you get your podcast if you want to hear that. It was very fun. And all the people that make that podcast are lovely. And Danny will be a future guest on the show. And if you simply can't get enough podcasts and you need some new recommendations, why don't you check out some of the amazing shows offered from Multitude? So Potterless is part of Multitude, but there's also Join the Party, which is an amazing Dungeons and Dragons storytelling campaign. There's Spirits, which is hosted by Amanda and Julia, who are on this episode, that do some mythology deep dives over drinks and have some lovely comedic discussions about it. And then there's also Waystation that they host, which covers Lost Girl, which is a supernatural show about a succubus. What's not to love? So if you had to multitude.productions, you can get more information about all of those lovely podcasts. And speaking of amazing people that do wonderful things, we have new patrons to welcome to the team. So shout out to Ella Tarasa, Alyssa Nasaya, Michelle Media, Alicia Leon, Rian Patterson, Lisa Carruthers, Charlotte Roberts, Kat Hammond, Mandy Freeman, Chad Ostrander, Brenda Martinez, Diller, Dominic Matthews, Laura Collar, Amber Ferris, Caitlin Buckles, Justin Morris, Eric Dobitz, Michaela Spevacek, Bird Arias, Colleen Allen, Alyssa Ashley, Shoshana Prisbolinski, Kelsey Parisian, Hannah Elder, Laura Knight Lucas, Kara Dye, Calmage, Emily, Morgan Ranf, Marina Henberg, Rosie Dodds, Danielle Barnett, Sheena Meng, J. Ray Godman, Allison Mira, Michaela Refield, Aaron Christensen, Maya, Jordy Hoken, Callie Martin, Jen Scarborough, Chris Hemsdorf, Rachel Guthrie, and Ibrahim Rifat, as well as Aaron Anderson, Tila Anderson, Pooja, and Julia Rose, who all upgraded their Patreon pledges. And an enormous shout out to our newest producer level patrons Colette Smith, Chrissy Blackburn, Shrina Unicott, Jeremy Bonney, Stephen Gagne, Lala Palmer, Chelsea Green, Taylor Armstead, Victoria Jones, and Sammy Curti. They join the ranks of Leanne, Vicky, Aaron, Erica, Calvin, Sadie, Jesse, Natalie, Deborah, Clow, Alex, Rebecca, Frank, Marchis, Notori, Samantha, Juan, Sheila, Jenna, Kieran, Louise, Akanksha, Rebecca, Abid, Caitlin, Lee, Ayana, Benjamin, Rosemary, Jill, Maria, Marie, Lisa, Ariel, Romita, Kamel, <gasps> Anthony, Diego, Andrew, Celeste, Russell, Jenny, Dustin, Katie, Audra, Indiana, Eleanor, Sydney, Billy, Roseanne, Mikey, Andrea, and Nikita, who never awkwardly spilled water on their face when they're trying to drink out of a water bottle. If you want to be like one of these amazing people and get access to bonus content like bonus episodes, exclusive merchandise, discounts on the merchandise site, head on over to patreon.com slash Potterless and become a patron today. But without further ado, let's get into episode 44 of Potterless, covering the first half of chapter 14 with guest stars Kelly Beckman, Amanda McLaughlin, and Julia Shafini from Multitude. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to another episode of Potterless, the journey of a 26-year-old man reading the Harry Potter series for the first time. My name is Mike Schubert. I'm that 26-year-old man, and I am currently with three lovely ladies near and dear to my heart, 
all of which you've heard on Paros before. But now we're all in the same room together to discuss this first half of chapter 14 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So going around the room, uh, I'm here with Kelly Beckman, my and my girlfriend and web designer for the website. Uh, I'm here with Julia Shafini of hey, Spirits Podcast. And also Amanda McLaughlin of Spirits and Join the Party. Yo, yo. And both of you guys are on Waystation too. So yeah. it's a big multitude hang sesh. Multitude hang. Yeah. So we'll be discussing chapter 14. We'll be discussing the first half. Chapter 14, Felix Felicis. Mm. And uh, I just want to get right into it because there is so much goodness. And Ginny murders her brother in the end of this little section <laughs> we're going to talk about. And I'm excited. Is that how you pronounce it? I've I don't know. I'm probably wrong and Felix I'll get yelled Felicis at. Felix Felicis is the it's word. Felix really? Felicis. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Shut Some- the fuck up. <laughs> Someone is going to be well, wrong. That's, and get that's better back. than how I grew up reading it, which is Felix Flexies. Okay, that is Aww. certainly yeah, not that it. That is definitely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so uh, the first note that I have written down is that the drawing in the book has the squad wearing their robes and they have clothes underneath the robes, which mm. is not canon. And I have a problem is with that. Is it not canon, though? Because it is in the book. But Jake only has said that the drawings are not canon because okay. in the drawings, Harry's lightning bolt is in the middle mm. of his head and in her envisioning of him it's like it is in the movie where it's like off to the right that's a small detail though that is a very yeah small but detail. she's said it like in an interview before the only reason i know this is because i researched before i made the logo where does the lightning bolt go because i saw the pictures in the book and then i saw in the movie and stuff and then i saw this interview with jk rowling and she was like well you know i haven't approved of all the drawings or whatever in my envisioning his lightning bolt was to the right so yeah, but in my like, brain, are they naked what's the other what's the other choice yeah, so i mean in the in this underneath, that's it <laughs> it must be some kind of victorian undergarment situation there must be like yeah. a, another layer under that? there. Is that like one of the things <laughs> that you can get at Madame Malkin's? They just don't put it on the list because of propriety. Mm, maybe. But. House, so then like underwear. all of the all of the Muggleborns would like come to the school wearing like their yeah. boxers and stuff and then everyone's like what the hell are those? I don't know. It just doesn't seem dumb. very practical. Yeah, I mean in the movies they definitely wear clothes underneath. So they I'm wear assuming. clothes more than they wear robes yeah. in the movies. I, here's my question. Was Snape just the odd one out? Yeah, maybe Was they do Snape wear clothes but just Snape like, is just yeah. a freak and didn't because yeah. that's all that's the basis possible. of saying they don't wear clothes because James in the flashback flips Snape upside down and when he does you can see his underwear. Also like was Snape wearing a skirt under his robe maybe? Maybe. That could be a thing. But anyway enough discussion of things that aren't in the chapter. Let's talk about the actual chapter. So this one like every other chapter in the book starts with Harry Potter filling in the squad about what happened in the previous chapter. <sighs> so he's telling them about the Dumbledore lesson as his customary practice and they're on their way to Herbology class. And there's a weird mist around which I think they mentioned earlier in the book, doesn't the weird mist, isn't that a result of Dementor's breeding? Isn't that? Yeah, I think that's the implication. They yeah. started like in the first chapter. Yeah, the in the very beginning, because yeah. Misha and I made fun of Dementor sex, which was a great it discussion. Was so good. <laughs> Please don't remind me of a thing that I already cannot get out of my brain. Yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, Harry asks Hermione about the Slughorn party, and she says that it was quite fun. She starts to mention some of the details. One of the details is that there was good food there, so I've done a big 180 on Slughorn now. I mean, if he's got good food at the parties, like... Slughorn is like that bougie dude that you don't want to actually go to their party, (sighs) but they have, like, an open bar and really good food and stuff (sighs) like that, so you go anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. I support that. Yeah, yeah. because if I was in this situation and I was like in the slug club, (laughs) gross. If it was like, oh yeah, the party's blah, blah, blah. I find out there's good food. I'd be like, yo, we got to just go for the food. It's like one of those parties where you like make fun of the host the whole time behind their back kind of situation, but then you're eating their food and stuff. I would do it. So I used to work for an agency that was all about like foreign policy and stuff. So we would go to these dinners all the time, which like if we weren't part of this agency, we'd be paying thousands of dollars per plate. But open bar, always good food. I would just go to these and then be like, uh, Rand Paul, psh. <laughs> I mean, there. there's a very doing. memorable night where Julie got very drunk at a Rand Paul fundraiser. Yeah, and I have a picture of me hanging out with Rand Paul. Very drunk. Fun. Yep. It was cute. Fun. <laughs> so Hermione mentions that Slughorn introduced them to Gwenog Jones and Ron freaks out and is like, the Gwenog Jones? Captain of the Hollyhead Harpies? And Hermione just confirms. She's like, yeah, that's her. She was honestly a bit full of herself, which I love Hermione being completely unfazed by this famous person. To be 
fair, the Hollyhead, I, I know we're anti-Quidditch it's fine. on this. It's fine. <laughs> the Hollyhead Harpies are an all-women's team. Oh, that's super cool. And they're amazing. Wait, okay. They're my new favorite team. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and I'm getting very Goblet of Fire vibes here uh, where Hermione feels really, um, like, grossly proud of herself for being part of a kind of exclusive social situation, which I completely identify with. I you know, it. being kind of on the outskirts and having your friends be, like, complete shit to you and then all of a sudden you are in a club that they wish that they were in like hell I would be you know kind of excited and mean too Hermione yeah. is being the mean nerd in this situation and I yeah. dig it 100% Ooh. yeah she gets enough crap from Ron where she can rub it in his face a little bit especially in this chapter oh my goodness yes 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 as she is talking about this Sprout yells at them for talking in class and have we talked about Sprout Hooch uh, headcanon? Uh, yeah, Charlotte brought it up in episode three. Good, uh, And it is my official favorite. Basically, we discussed that. Uh, Madam Hooch and Professor Sprout. Sprout would be like an amazing lesbian couple at Hogwarts. R. Um, oh, R, okay, R. Yeah. Is that canon? Well, it is headcanon. What? <laughs> what? So headcanon is when you, in your brain, say that something is canon, even though it has not been officially confirmed. It's canon for you. It's yeah. you're like, it's I don't care what anybody canon. says, yeah. I got this you. is it. So... For me, they mm-hmm. wear clothes under their robes. Okay. Yes. And for me, they play basketball instead of Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a strategy. <laughs> Quidditch oh, is man. theater club and not athletics. That's what I think. Right. Yeah, it should be. Ron tells Harry that they should have used muffliato, which Google tells me is a charm that makes people's ears ring. Is this the first mention of it or is this, did they talk about it? No, I in believe the that they talked about it as one of the, charm exam like finals early in, in one the of books. the earlier books maybe yeah. the fourth one and it's no, also the spell. I thought it was, thought it was one of um, the half-blood princess thing yeah that's what I think it is because then the next line in the book says Herm- that Hermione gets upset about it she's like super anti oh, oh yeah maybe really? then I thought it was one of the things written in the margin and they like tried it out and they were like super into it and Mer- Hermione was like this was great and then they told her from the half-blood prince. And then she got pissed, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that makes a lot more sense. It is, though, what allows people to, like, masturbate at Hogwarts. <laughs> what? In canon, fanon, fan canon, is that that's, obviously, you cast a cone of silence around you. Why? And oh, my gosh. that is how you <laughs> do what you have to do behind your four-poster bed. instead, bro. You don't want it Silencio is somebody silence. else. Silencio is somebody else. All right. Can you do spells on yourself, even if they're like mean ones? Oh, yo. Can you silencio oh, yourself? Maybe that's more. Silencio. Oh, that sounds good. You hear rustling and stuff. All right. Never mind. Just, <laughs> just giving you some, uh, some I mean, insights here. This is a very from, important discussion for the Potter's Internet podcast. Yeah. So Hermione gets super upset and is like, no, they shouldn't, just because she hates that it's a half blood prince situation. The book then goes into this vivid description of their class, which involves them removing pods from Snargaluffs. And it's all about how there's like these twisting vines that they have to stick their hand in between and reach the pot out. It's so in-depth that this has to come into play later in the book because why the hell would they talk about herbology class this much in detail. Maybe maybe J.K. Rowling needed to pump out the chapter a bit more. <laughs> I was just going to say, like normally, a whole page on herbology. Normally, <laughs> I would make a crack about uh, the books being way too long, but this is the shortest book. So, yeah. It's the, the shortest of the, of the of last four. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. shorter than from four on. Four yeah. on. They the increase in one. size and then five is big and then yeah. six shrinks and seven's in yeah. the middle. Yeah. After removing their first pod, Hermione goes on to mention that Slughorn is having a Christmas party mm-hmm. and Harry cannot miss it because Slughorn checked with Hermione to schedule it for a night when Harry was free, which I would say <laughs> cue Mariah Carey's obsessed of the, uh, why are you so obsessed with me? Like, it's yeah. getting uncomfortable at this point, Slughorn. No, that's a mood. I specifically, like, reach out to my friends to see, hey, <laughs> I'm gonna make, I'm going to do a party this yeah, day. I want to uh, make sure that everyone is invited and mm-hmm. can be there. Yeah, but you don't do that to the to people that, like, you've met two times and want to be friends with because they're friends. They're, they're not friends. Maybe I do. <laughs> they're, they're strangers. Listen, I yeah. Like to slughorn quite a bit. <laughs> That's your choice. My Slytherin dad. Oh, okay. I, th- I was going to say, do you collect human beings? Uh, <laughs> how do you think I became a podcast? No, I'm kidding. Hashtag white cannibalism. I get doing this and I do this with like groups of people, but I wouldn't do it for like one individual person, especially person that's had shitty excuse to miss my parties a bunch. It makes sense because his whole thing is he wants the most famous people and Harry Potter is the most mm-hmm. famous wizard yeah. of all time. So it, it makes sense, yeah. but it's real creepy. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's creepy. Like if you had an acquaintance of your favorite celebrity mm-hmm. and they were like, hey, I can't come to your party this time, but next time maybe. And uh-huh. you totally plan it around that celebrity coming. I can get it. It's I like, can let's get say, it. let's say you've got an acquaintance with Obama and you keep throwing okay, these parties. I would, yeah. I think Barack Obama is far more important than Harry Potter, but no, I, I would say <laughs> famous wise, like, 
But Obama's so cool. <laughs> anyway, Hermione then goes on to call it the Slug Club multiple times, which means it's the actual name of no, the club. No, it is. Yeah. And it's a garbage name, like absolute trash it name. It does rhyme, though. So Slug Club. club. Yeah. It's a half rhyme it's at kinda. best. Do something better. Yeah. Sure. Like, let, okay, no, let's I make mean a better you. name. No, you. You do go. something oh, better. Then the, okay, so it's Slughorn's group. Well, I mean, hot slugs would be funnier. Like, like, what? like, what? like hot sluts, but slugs instead. What? I don't what? know. That makes it worse. I don't They're know. 16. It's a joke. Yeah, they're okay. Damn it. They're in high school. So that's not fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because then you can't do like slug horny for this one. Oh, no, oh, no. That's also oh, bad. Oh, they're all God. the worst. Cool. Everyone's unsubscribed to Potterless. Yeah, great. great. Um, slug job. Club is a great name. Uh, Ron, <laughs> Ron makes fun of it. Hermione goes, look, I didn't come up with the name. And Ron is super upset. He's like, you should go hook up with McClagan so you can become king and queen slug. And then she- This chapter is just very focused on hooking up. Yeah, there's a whole lot of it that goes on. Hermione interjects and goes, oh, well, we were allowed to bring guests to the Christmas party and I was going to ask you, but if you think it's too stupid, then I won't bother. All of these words are in italics mm -hmm. that I'm emphasizing. And Ron very adorably completely changes his tone. And it's like, you- you were gonna ask me? Which Aww. is like, oh, Ronald, oh, so cute. My heart explodes. Mm. And Hermione says, yes, but obviously if you'd rather I'd hooked up with McClagan. Which like, wow, hooked up is a real phrase. That's like that, I'm very surprised choice. that that phrase was actively actually used. Well, I've always had an interesting thing with hooked up because it's always different definitions and maybe in the UK it's different, but in my brain, hooking up was just like making out, but in other people's brain, hooking up is like the sex. Mm -hmm. To my so. parents, it's talking to a person once. What? Like, oh, oh like, we hooked oh, up last yeah, night. Yeah, like, are, are you like hook up with, <laughs> hook up with Kevin? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay with Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's better. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the the UK version is like, oh, you guys were hanging out. You gonna you gonna meet up and do it. That's that's true. It could yeah. be my oh, Americanized so, uh, 2018 brain. I think that might be true. Okay, oh, so Ron's just saying like pair up with McClagan, yeah. not necessarily like, like, make out, out with, with or um, yeah. I, okay. I don't know, but I was just like, oh, like I feel like, I feel like googling. <laughs> almost, yeah, but. for this one, we really need newly minted UK correspondent Dottie James. And now it is time for British Quandaries with UK correspondent Dottie James. Hooking up in the UK is generally, it's an ambiguous term. It can mean anything from making out to a lot more than that. But it's generally understood to at least mean making out. This has been British Quandaries with UK correspondent Dottie James. So after Hermione says her whole, well, if you'd rather me hook up with McClagan, Ron, again, in this very different and sad tone, goes, no, I wouldn't, Ron said in a very quiet voice. <laughs> oh, like, oh. So relatable. Ron then is described by the narrator as looking, quote, sheepish, but also pleased with himself. Like, he's sad <laughs> that he was a dick, but then also happy that, oh, Hermione likes me, <laughs> which is an interesting place to be in. But he's in love. Mm. Harry then starts to realize that he kind of saw this coming. And it's this weird, like, takes up a full page where Harry starts to, like, think about their relationship. But he only thinks about the worst case scenario situations. He's like, oh, no, what if they get together and then they break up and then it's awkward for me to hang out with them? Yeah. And yeah. then it's like, oh, what if they get together and they're all lovey-dovey and it's awkward for me to hang out with them. It's like, Harry, these are your two best friends that love each other. Maybe think like, oh, wow, wouldn't it be great if Ron and Hermione spend the rest of their lives together and have a wonderful family? Not like, oh, how does this affect me? Harry Potter, the only person that matters. He's a self-centered teen boy. He's yeah. 16 years old. Very relatable. Very 16. Super relatable. I guess I just, I, I probably sucked at 16 though. I mean, that was probably, probably really bad. I was, I was honestly garbage until like senior year of high school when mm -hmm. I finally, it took me until halfway through my senior year of high school to be like, eh, screw like popularity and like worrying what people think and stuff. So I probably sucked for three I and a half years. I was garbage until like 22. <laughs> I'm still kind of garbage. <laughs> oh, we all got that little bit of garbage in us. You also went to an all boys high school. So yeah. I feel like it's different. Like you still can hang out with your bros at school, even if they've got a girlfriend that they're super into outside mm. of school. Yeah. I and you don't have a, a trio of best friends that includes girls. Yeah, that's true. It was a whole different situation. Like I, I like all boys school was great. Everyone makes fun of it and all that kind of stuff. Like sure, we didn't have girls in the hallways and, and classes and stuff like that. But like, yo, there was no drama. Sounds better. It was good. It was just like, <laughs> you went to school. Not, it was not all, that girls are good or oh, bad, but just that just it's no great drama. not to be distracted. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was just like, you went like, to school. Oh, I can learn all, algebra now. Yeah. It was, it was the thing. It was like, it was all business. You show up to school. You're not worried about that much what you got to wear as long as you're in dress code because we had a dress code. As long as you're in dress code is chill. You're not worrying about how you look or, you know, if Cindy or whoever thinks you're hot when you're walking down the hall. 
hallway or whatever. Uh, Cindy's not a real name, Kelly. Don't worry. Uh, (laughs) uh, But like you go to school, it's all business. You just focus on whatever. And then like in the hallways and stuff, we all like made fun of each other all the time. So I got really good at insulting people. Right? Like it was. uh, Why are you so good at hacky sack? Uh, No, that did not happen. I'm garbage at hacky sack. Uh, But it was great. It was just like all work and being bros and stuff. So there was way less drama. So maybe it's a different situation where like. If there were girls around and we were trying to impress people, I'm sure we all would have been way worse of human beings. Well, I mean, everybody has that friend that gets in a relationship and they disappear. True. And everybody has that friend who gets in a relationship and gets broken up with and then they disappear too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think it's really valid. Mm-hmm. Super yeah, relatable. I can, I can get it with Harry. I just wish like one of his thoughts was like, oh, good for them. But like <laughs> all of them are like, oh no, oh no. What if this bad thing happens? Really not one not one of his things? Yeah. Do you want, no, do you want me to read the, the do page? It. Yeah. Do I it. Mean, it's the, basically exactly what I just The, like, the best thing he says is, Harry supposed he would just have to wait to see what oh, happened yep. under the influence of Butterbeer in Slughorn's dimly lit room on the night of the party. Yo. Which, like, yeah. that's crazy. I definitely, I wrote, thought that was I thought it was too. weird. Kelly was like, I didn't think it was that weird. I think it was more of, like, man, I can tell that my friends have all of these, like, sexual tension. Like, <laughs> they have all of these. In Things standing in the way of them admitting their feelings to each other because they're super awkward. Let's see what happens when they're a little drunk. Yeah, but like it's uh, also it the, the regulation me. of butterbeer mystifies me. Mm-hmm. No one <laughs> checks the ID ever. You can well, just get it and hogs me. Very alcoholic. Like yeah, very, very, very. Are we talking like Odules where it's the tiniest bit just because okay, they can? Okay, but this isn't the fucking Middle Ages where we didn't have potable drink, potable water. Like we have water now. Also, there's spells and like I don't know why they're letting kiddos <laughs> drink butterbeer all the time. But yeah, it's it's very uh, seemingly predatory and creepy from Slughorn's point of view. I never knew that from it was Slughorn's point of view. I mean, I mean, like of Slughorn to be like, oh, oh. here's a dimly lit room with alcohol, children. Uh. Well, no, it's not even. I mean, they're going to fucking ta- they, at 13. They could go to a tavern and buy butterbeer. That's not mm-hmm. that weird, in my opinion. And also, like, 16 is a drinking age in places, so it's yeah. like... Mm-hmm. This is true. I never knew that butterbeer was alcoholic. I always thought it was some kind of spell on it that made you feel warm and happy. Like, you, mm, you can't yeah. drink it's- too much and get super drunk, but drinking a little bit is like... That's true. Making you feel yeah. warm and happy. I thought it was like a spell thing. That makes you I also didn't know what things. alcohol was when I read this. <laughs> <laughs> it's mentioned as alcoholic because uh-huh. Winky the house elf gets drunk on oh, butter. She oh, she does. But she's a house elf. She's different anatomy and different tolerances. But it is like slightly alcoholic to them. This is something that Dottie and I talked about in the last episode. But how great would it be if like wizarding alcohol in some sort of way has a spell in it where like there's a certain no point hangovers. you can get to yeah no hangovers but also like it gets you drunk into a certain point but then anything else it's moot so you can't get yeah. like trashed and then you never you know throw up or something from it like we have no idea but that would be so good there I are hangover potions trashed, but that would be nice I ah. feel like maybe it's like certain brands would be like you can't get hungover from this one like mm-hmm. that kind of thing there's ones that <laughs> like stop you at a right. certain amount and then there's ones that don't because <laughs> fuck you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just want fire whiskey because that sounds amazing. So I would give up my non-brown liquor ban on myself in order to drink fire whiskey. Yeah, it seems real good. So anyway, we go to the next day or later on. Katie Bell is still in the hospital and Harry has been putting off replacing her for the opening Quidditch match of the season, which begs the eternal question of why there aren't any substitutes on the Quidditch team. I don't get why they get to have like one person for each position and then that's it. Because people get like petrified or murdered or injured severely every single year. Or even in Quidditch. This is not a sport. Even plays. This is a pantomime. Even plays have understudies. Not all the time. Sometimes Uh, there's a swing. Sometimes you deal with it if you have to deal with it. There's an ensemble on occasion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Jeez. Move past it. Anyway, Harry doesn't want to go through another tryout. So he approaches Dean Thomas, who did well in the tryout. Why did we not just make him the reserve? Harry did so, quote, with a sinking feeling that had little to do with Quidditch because Harry loves Ginny, but he doesn't know it yet. And it's so good. (laughs) Seamus is in the same area when Harry goes up to Dean to tell him this and he overhears this and he gets grumpy. Harry acknowledges that this is like not an ideal situation, but he also acknowledges that Seamus was not as good as Dean. So he doesn't feel that bad about it. (laughs) Like, sorry, dude, you sucked. We're going to do this anyway. Yeah, it's like, uh, like you can be bad, but like also get good. Um, So (laughs) he leaves Seamus and Dean in the hallway together which is already awkward. So they're like standing there like, oh, cool. Like, oh, congrats, Dean. And then a bird shits on Seamus's head. 
<laughs> like, did we need this JK to be like, wow, Seamus is really upset about what's going on. And he got shit in his face. By Hermione's canary. Mm-hmm. When did Hermione get canaries? She, they were conjuring them in ah, um, Transfiguration. That makes more sense. Yeah. I was like, Crookshanks would definitely murder a bitch if mm-hmm. Hermione was keeping birds. Because <laughs> eat a bitch. <laughs> yeah, she does it. I don't remember if it's earlier or later in the chapters that she's like, she's really sad in her room and she conjures That's them the to float. It's, it's, it's after this. Yeah, when she's yeah. sad about the lavender thing, right. So apparently a bunch of other Gryffindors are really upset about Harry picking Dean because Dean is in Harry's year. So they think he's playing favoritism. I mean, yeah, kind of. His second choice was also in his year, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, he never said Seamus was second choice. He just oh, said Seamus was worse than Dean. We don't that's know, like, true. comparatively. Dean and Seamus are only ever mentioned, like, within a few sentences of each other. Yeah. It's, like, contractual. Yeah. So probably yeah. that's why that happened. And I think Seamus always has to be mad, except for the one time when... He's an Irishman. Oh, okay. Yep, I'm valid. Yeah. <laughs> except the one time he was like, oh, my mom said you were right. Sorry about that, Harry. <laughs> Sorry about being pissed at you for a whole book I'm for I'm kind of no mad reason. at my mom now, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're mad. And again, this is why we need substitutes so that there's not all this drama. And Harry just kind of pushes all of this to the side because he realizes that if Gryffindor wins, all will be forgotten and nobody will care. And this is very good sports commentary by J.K. Mm-hmm. Rowling because this is the most true and relatable thing ever. Everyone that roots for any sort of sports team will like hate a player or a coach or a decision or whatever unless they win the game or the championship or whatever. And then everyone's like, I supported this team the whole time. I loved them since day one. Like I knew this coach was perfect. So... I like the commentary there. Yeah, this is one of the things that makes uh, the character of Harry, as much as we kind of moan and groan about him, you know, it is the juxtaposition of a kid caring a lot about his reputation among his peers. And also like, oh, you know, like my dad was in the school record books, you know, and Mm -hmm. like, I want to be too. Um, With the fact that he is like literally fighting a a life or death for their people kind of war. Mm -hmm. So it seems ridiculous from time to time, but these little like in school, you know, kind of petty rivalry Quidditch interludes are really important. And as we get toward the end of the series, like there are going to be fewer and fewer of them because, you know, shit gets real. Um, So I I sort of read this chapter with with a little haze of, uh, you know, of of nostalgia. Yeah, Yeah. my Quidditch is important. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, I will will give Harry credit. He is a very good Quidditch captain. And they have a lot of examples of it in this book where he is very objective. And very soon he's going to call out Ron for playing like crap and being really angry towards people and like bringing down the vibe of the team. He doesn't play favoritism. It just happens that his best friends are also the best on the team because it's easier to write a book that way. way. Yeah, true. Well, no, she just made McClagan bad. Uh, But he was a jerk, so I support Hermione there. You don't want him on the team. He's gross. Um, So so then they go to Quidditch practice, and Dean actually kills it. So he proves to Harry that he made the right decision. But Ron is being a problem. He said he had really good chemistry with Ginny, is what he said. Uh, Uh, I was like, aw, it's like good and bad. I, I get it. So Ron is being a problem. He's playing poorly, and at one point, somehow he punches Demelza in the mouth. Like, I don't get how you're so bad at saving a ball that you're like, oh, here's the ball. Let me just clock my teammate in the face, but punches Demelza in the mouth. And then Ginny yells at Ron, calls him a prat, which is the second time it's been used in a few chapters. And I like this new Britishism that's coming around. What does it mean exactly? So I clarified with Dottie in the last episode that prat is basically, it's like calling someone a prick where it's like kind of a bad word, but not like a super bad word. Like it wouldn't get bleeped on TV, but if someone that was nine year old was like, you're being a prat, their mom would be like, hey, don't say that. So it's like- Okay verging on bad. I was also going to ask what the prick was. It's like like in between calling someone a jerk and an asshole. Okay. You know, it's like the insult equivalent of damn where it's like, yes, a bad word, but not like the worst word. But like take that in terms of an insult instead of just saying like, ah, damn it. Okay. And it's like a thing friends might say to each other like, hey, you're being a bit of a prat, you know, like kind of a a like, okay, let's be real for a second type word. Yeah. Okay. So second time has happened. But then Harry comes in and says, hey, Ginny, don't call Ron a prat. You're not the captain of this team. Basically saying only I'm allowed to call him a prat, which I think is so good. Brother, she can call him whatever the fuck she wants. (laughs) Yeah, especially Ron. But then we get a legendary Ginny clapback. Oh, man. (laughs) You seem to be too busy to call him one. So I figured that I would. And Harry has to fight back laughter because he He loves loves Ginny. (laughs) And it's a good line. It is a very good one. She has so many good lines coming up. I'm so excited to get to it. As they're leaving practice, Ron is in the dumps. Harry gives him, quote, a constant stream of encouragement all the way back to the dorm. Again, good friend, good good bro, good good captain for sure. Hey, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors who make this show possible. 
This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are, so it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club, and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want, and then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me, and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash potterless. Wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash potterless for 10% off your first purchase. So if you want to collect some cards or rip open some packs in a more transparent way, whether you're a sports nerd or a Pokemon nerd or all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. They go through a tapestry which leads to their favorite shortcut up to Gryffindor Tower, so I'm guessing that they learned this from the Marauder's Map or Fred George or someone, and they walk in on Ginny and Dean sucking face, which is described as, quote, Kissing fiercely as though glued together. Ooh, yeah. Which, ooh. yeah. Bad. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Spicy. Also, I was way too afraid to touch more than my lips to a person that I kissed in high school. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, like good on these, good on these kids for like doing that. I mean, if this book proves anything, it's that Quidditch makes people horny. Ah. <laughs> there are There's lots lot. of locker room fix uh-huh. that will, you know, substantiate that theory. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got the adrenaline going. You've mm-hmm. got the endorphins yeah. high. Yep. I don't know. They just had the good work. chemistry that you pointed out, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, hey, nice pass over there. Oh, yeah, I'll show you a pass. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, a figurative <laughs> monster erupts to life inside of Harry's stomach, clawing at his insides because he loves Ginny Weasley. It also could not be figurative. We don't know. <laughs> a literal monster. Is this the first time he's mentioned his figurative Monster? Yes, this is the first time that oh. he mentions the monster. Oh, so he, there were little hints of, of loving. The rage monster. Ginny. Yeah. It's the, good. Ra- the rage monster, the love monster. It's good. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, please yeah. don't call it the love monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Harry's oh, love monster. No. Harry's oh, no. the love. Oh Uh-oh. no. There is the word hot blood in that, oh, in that uh, paragraph. So <laughs> but the, there is a great line next where uh the monster calls for Harry to instantly dismiss Dean from the team, which oh, I think is great. Damn. Dean feels very awkward in the situation. Situation, sure. quite understandably and he's like uh Ginny let's go and Ginny goes no you go on I want to have a word with my brother oh boy. and a word she has indeed here we go so oh my god I had to like stop reading these pages multiple times because they were so good and Ginny just straight up murders her brother with words I'm getting the book to the exact page to make sure that I don't miss a single direct quote of this she yells at Ron that it's none of his business who she does and doesn't you know hook up with and he says that yes it is because he doesn't want his sister to be known as a, and she butts in and goes, as a what? As a what exactly? Which is like, ah, was Ron just about to call Ginny a slut? Drawing her wand, let me add. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She draws her wand at it, which is good because like, 
She was about to get called a slut by her own brother. Yep. That's not okay. That's fucked up. Or probably a slag, which is the is UK the, equivalent of slut. Uh, yes. Okay, fun. Harry tries to like jump in and settle things. I'm like, oh, Ron didn't meet it that way. And Ginny's like, yes, he does. Just because he hasn't snogged anyone in his life. Just because it's the very best- very good, the, just, remember? Just, oh, just because the best kiss he's ever had is from Auntie Muriel. Oh, boy. Ooh, woof, woof, woof. <sighs> and then Ron is like, shut your mouth. And then Ginny's like, I will not. I've seen you with Phlegm. Love her dedication to not calling Fleur Fleur. Yeah, She's like, yeah, I am yeah. sticking to this nickname I've given no her. No matter how pissed I am in this situation, <laughs> I, we're not going to use I her want, real name. I uh, want Hoda and Kathy's that her name on, yeah, on the Today Show. Lee. Yeah, I, I want uh, Ginny and Hermione to get wine drunk at oh, eight in the morning snap, 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 and snap, have snap, just like a Hogwarts morning television public access beautiful. show. Beautiful. Why? It would be the best. Oh. That'd be good because they would also, they're like two of the at least smartest or most gifted and talented. So it wouldn't just be like two gossipy girls yeah, talking smack. They're It'd be witty. like the two most. They're great. Right? And clearly from our visit to the borough earlier, they kind of unlock that in each other. Mm-hmm. The sort of ability to be like petty for a minute. And mm-hmm. I, I love it. Yeah, them. I was going to say they're going to be great sister-in-laws. Oh, they're going to be great. That yeah. whole family. Can you imagine? That'd That's be so, so much fun. Good. Best holidays <laughs> yeah. and Christmas Borough Christmases are, are definitely oh, Christmas Oh my calls. gosh. <laughs> Aunt, uncle, grandpa, official, unofficial. Like that whole situation is going to be their kids growing up or just have the best people around them. Yeah. Yes. Even Hermione's dentist parents who seem like lovely humans. Like Mr. I know. And Mrs. Granger. I know. Maybe funny. they'll go on a big ski trip together. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I know. They'll get Weasley sweaters. And they'll be very cute. And they'll just say, they'll say DDS on them. Oh, my God. Speaking of Weasley sweaters, there is someone that listened to Potterless named Joe, and she is currently knitting me a custom Weasley sweater. What? I'm so excited about it. Are you going to get an M or an S? No, I asked for an R. Like, I want the real. Want I want a straight up because because if I don't get one, then it's just like, oh, that guy has a maroon sweater with an M on it. <laughs> like if I get an R, then at least someone will be like, oh, hey, that's the hey. thing from that book. Yeah. And then I'll be it. like, hey, yeah, I love it. This podcast would suck if you hated Harry Potter, huh? Right. Yeah. Uh, this would be so garbage if it was just like 30 plus at this point episodes of me just being like, oh, this book is so bad. Like, I don't think just, anybody would listen because no. nobody would agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also that. No, it was Will Williams. Will, in her review, mm-hmm. she wrote like, sure, it's it's a snarky take on it, but he objectively enjoys the books, which makes it more fun because then it's it's so much better to, at least I think, look at me talking about why my own podcast is good. <laughs> uh, gross. I think it's better when you have someone that like enjoys something and then is okay with being critical about it. Yes. It's like when your friend is like okay to like point out a flaw in you or like someone that loves a sports team is okay to like point out some bad things. Right. It's good that I legitimately enjoy reading these books and they're so much fun because then when I make fun of things it's okay you spend you know dozens and dozens and dozens of hours thinking about it and immersed in a thing you're going to grow to like it you know you're going to grow familiarity and Mm -hmm. uh, be able to kind of see it in a a deeper way but I anyway I'm I'm glad that that we all kind of like this (laughs) I like that you're implying that he has Stockholm Syndrome for Harry Potter at this point (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like it at first and I was just like well I'm reading them a lot I guess I like it I knew going into it when Kelly was just like talking to me about the books I was like I know once I start it, I'm going to love it. So that's why I was okay to run with this podcast. Yeah, that's what happened yeah. with me in wrestling. So I understand. Uh, wrestling's great, though. It's so much fun. What? Oh, professional wrestling is great. It is. I, I went to Hood I Slam know. in Oakland I, we, every we, month. We, I know. It's so fun. I know. It's just so obnoxious. Julia can give you a crash course we'll, in, uh, we'll, we'll in the women of the WWE. They're the very the good. women are so much better than they used to be at this point. I know. Anyway. Anyway, back so. to speaking of but savage, also, brutal also, takedowns. Check out the full review on the featured article of the month on potterlesspodcast.com. Good website. Hey. Great, great web design work. Um, so Ginny resorts, I will not. I've seen you with phlegm. Hoping yeah. she'll kiss you on the cheek every time you see her. It's pathetic. Which yeah, it is. I definitely put myself in Ron's shoes. If there was like super hot French girl, the way that French people Dating kiss, they kiss on the brother. cheek. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, if I was 15, it was like super hot French girls, like going to guarantee kiss me on the cheek every time she says hi. With my hormones going around as a 15 year old, I'd be like, oh, nice. Yeah, I get it. No, I get it too. I love Ginny calling him out for it, but like, I get it. There's a reason I became a sound engineer-ish, which is that in high school, I was the only person who did sound at all. And 
before every musical, I would have to have all the cast members walk up to me in their bodysuits or boxers to mic them up. And And as long as they wash their hair that morning, which I yelled at them to do, it was a very pleasant experience. Nice. So she continues and goes, quote, if you went out and got a bit of snogging done yourself, you wouldn't mind so much that everyone else does it. She is holding no punches. Ron then pulls out his wand. Harry steps in between them. Ron yells, you don't know what you're talking about, trying to get a clear shot at Ginny. And then uh, he says, just because I don't do it in public. And then Ginny screams with derisive laughter, trying to push (laughs) Harry out of the way. This is the classic like, yeah, I have a girlfriend, but she lives in Canada uh-huh. and Ginny yeah. just laughs in his face. Oh, also, she's being not so mean. In public, they're in like some weird Alcove, alleyway, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's something that I would assume that probably only the Weasleys and Harry know about, thanks to Fred like, and George. Very few students probably mm-hmm. know about mm-hmm. this. Yeah. yeah, Ginny is so well adjusted. Like this is such a, a like actually good attitude toward sex and relationships and growing up. And there are lots and a lot of fandom headcanon type stuff. Ron is often like a little bit more conservative than most people in the friend group. I mean, in the books, we see that he's, you know, more down on Slytherin and he's, and he's kind of more judgmental. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense that this kind of dynamic is playing out in this way. Like, even though it's the subject is kind of silly, but I, I thought that that was really cool kind of characterization wise. Yeah. So then, oh, right. So the pain train of insults has not stopped. Ginny keeps going. Been kissing Pigwidgeon, have you? Oh, or have shit. you got a picture of Auntie Muriel under your pillow? And Ron Ooh. says, you. And then a streak of orange light flew under Harry's left arm and misses Ginny by inches. Orange light, do we know what charm that is? Because we know no. green is a vodka diver. We know red is stunning. Isn't it disarming? No, that's uh, green. Oh, sorry, that's red. Oh, uh, no, red know. is stun spell. I mean, they overlap. But the, okay, oh, yeah, no, yeah, sure. Uh, red, red is definitely um, Expelliarmus. Okay, for sure. Then it, then it's also oh, the yeah. stun one because the one that McGonagall gets hit with in also the red. fifth book is red. Mm-hmm. She gets hit with like five of them. Yeah, I don't think yes. that like it's one color, color per. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that we're gonna <laughs> it's like out. a Crayola oh, box. Twelve spells. <laughs> cool. Oh, that one was Chartreuse. No, no, no. It was Violet Red. What's the CMYK of that spell over there? Spells got the different. You guys were unlocking teal today in charms. It's exciting. <laughs> okay, so I'd have to look up what the orange one is. And then Ginny keeps on going. Harry snogged Cho Chang, and Hermione snogged Victor Crumb. It's Ooh. only you who acts like it's something disgusting, Ron. And that's because you've got about as much experience as a 12-year-old. Cloth of the 15-year-olds. Yeah, yeah that was, I did think that was kind of funny. He's like, you're 15, Ginny. It's awesome, though. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, super brutal. And after that, she storms away. Damn right. I feel like I've been quiet during this whole exchange because I... I'm I'm kind of with Ron here because because okay having a younger sibling and the way they described how like furiously they were going at each other I if I saw my younger sibling doing that I wouldn't like start yelling at him but I would like talk to him and be like hey you're 15 do you really like this girl like (laughs) what are you like because I mean, no spoilers, but you know, Jenny doesn't really end up, end with, up Dean. with Dean and like how much does she really like him and like how much of this is just hormones and how much does Ron ne- need to like actually impart some brotherly wisdom on her at some point. He goes about it the totally wrong way. But yeah. like Jenny's so mean to him. Yeah, here. I think they both She's they both so technically mean. have good intentions. Ron is trying to be protective and make sure everything is okay with his sister. Ginny is trying to stand up for himself and be like, you can't tell me what to do. But Ron handles it by just yelling at Ginny to not make out with people. And then Ginny just makes fun of Ron 13 and a half times for not kissing. They're also 15, or she's 15, he's he's 16. 16. I mean, like you were saying, my first kiss was when I was 15. And it was like, you know, like it was a peck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Whoa. a couple of pecs Whoa. in a row. <laughs> like, Have we yeah. talked about this, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is boarding school, also, where you're just with each other, living with that's each true. other for eight but months like, a year. That's even why I think it's like more important for like somebody to like be like, "Hey, do you really like this guy? Um, yes, yeah, so, is he respectful kind of-, of you? Like all this like kind of stuff to vet out the situation." So I actually feel really bad for Ron here, although he was like a total jerk about it. Mm-hmm. Ron's just that's super so. bad at expressing himself. Oh, though. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not the brother I would choose to have this conversation with. I, I mean, yeah. like, which brother would you? Charlie. 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 Yeah, what? obviously. <laughs> Charlie. Why but is he just, not in the book? What kind of He's question so is that? Or honestly, Bill. Like, either Ugh. way. That's just because yeah. they're older and more mature now. And they're well, no longer, like, Percy. high school boys. Oh, oh my God. Percy would be like, I don't believe in looking at women until you've married them. Except he has that one photo. 
Stars would never let her live it down. Well, like, and also, they would like give her joke. all false information and oh, shit probably, like that. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Friend and like say the that they were giving her protection, but it's actually like oh, a jack in the box. Oh, like, oh, no. God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, but no, Charlie, Charlie would like buy them a beer and be like, here, yo, kid, growing up, your body's going to be weird stuff. It's fine. Like, yeah, it would be great. Yeah. The other problem is like, Ginny's whole argument thing should be, hey, you can't tell me what to do. I'm allowed to kiss whoever I want. But it very quickly just turns into like, fuck you, Ron. You haven't kissed anyone. And it's like, uh, okay. I just like it because I love the insults. But you're right, Kelly. She's very mean here. When you take into account their age. <laughs> sure. I need to pause for one second because okay. Leanne Davis got her tattoo right next to <gasps> me. Yeah! Yeah, that's going in. So it's right next to the wizard. Leanne! Oh, Leanne! Yes! Nice. Leanne Davis. Leanne. Uh, I'm so glad we're together. Oh my God. What a beautiful pairing. We need to make like a crossover t-shirt. That looks so good. We should make multitude crossover t-shirts. Yeah, it's like you're clinking glasses and wizarding on. That's so good. So Uh, Leanne Davis, producer level patron who got the wizard on tattoo on her arm, just got the spirit's little drinking glass tattoo right next to it. So it it does look like you're clinking wizard on with the spirit's glass. That is so good. (laughs) Epic. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Leanne Davis for that one. The first Producer level patron I've ever had. I think us too. I yeah. think our first producer level patron. Aww. Yeah. So it's well, amazing. Look at that. So what a good patron tier you idea uh, you got uh, from uh, your uh, pod moms. Mm-hmm. 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 Throwing this in there right now, you should make wizard on temporary tattoos. For I, those of uh, us not as good. brave as Yeah. <laughs> I, even when Leanne got the tattoo, I was like, I don't even know if I would get a wizard on tattoo. <laughs> like, because it'd also be douche be like, did you get a tattoo of your own? And I posted that on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all this stuff. And there was someone, one of my friends in Seattle was at a brunch with me and he was like, did you just get a tattoo of your podcast on your arm? And I was like, okay, I, I am, I'm a garbage person, but not that much of a garbage person to get my it's own thing tattooed. What my- are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, look at me. Oh God, that'd be so terrible if I did that. I have thought of a tattoo that I might get, which is slightly Harry Potter related. I want to get can't I with a question mark tattooed on me, mm-hmm. but mainly because it's like the opposite of saying like, I can't. But the way that it fits in with Harry Potter is one of my favorite lines when Harry yells at Bellatrix and he's like, Voldemort can't hear you now. Can't and then we Potter. can't I, Potter? Which is <laughs> like very good. the best entrance yeah. of any character I do ever. No, it's, it's in the good. amazing Dumbledore versus Voldemort fight in the mm, hallway excellent. of the ministry. I'll go back. One. Yeah. So it's like, it would be a good thing just to get like tattooed of like, oh, cool. Instead of saying, I can't, you saying, can't I? But then in my head, it'd be like, get he, it. he, it's a Voldemort <laughs> quote. Get it, Mike. <laughs> so if I ever get a tattoo, I think that might be the one. Uh, so storms away. Harry quickly let go of Ron and then looks at his face. Ron's face is described as, quote, murderous. So they decide to get through. Ron like knocks over a small girl on their way to the dorm. Like he's super pissed. But while- Shout out to Mrs. Norris who broke the tension. Mm-hmm. Shout Came out. the corner She's- and broke the tension. <laughs> good, good, good cat. Good cat. Maybe Mrs. Norris's first useful appearance in the Harry Potter series. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, getting petrified, I guess she was kind of a clue. Mm. But yeah, not too useful. Someone else was also petrified. Yeah, it wasn't just three, her. Like at yeah, least yeah. three other people. So as Ron leaves- Harry is trying to think about why he got so mad and he's muttering to himself, it's just because she's Ron's sister. You just didn't like see her kissing Dean because she's Ron's sure. sister. Sure. And I wrote that in my book with 12 U's. Sure. <laughs> but then he gets in his mind an image of himself kissing Ginny instead. The oh. monster purrs at this thought. Oh my gosh, the monster. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> Growing in my list of favorite characters is this internal monster. I Call to all like, the fan artists out there <sighs> to make an internal oh. monster drawing. Of yeah, I would love to see <laughs> that. I'm naming him. Chad. Chad. No, Chad. Why? No, it can't be Chad. Can't be Chad. Chad yeah. for me. <laughs> so then Ron later on is pretty upset because he abruptly goes to Harry and asks, do you think Hermione did snug crumb? Oh, yes. Ron. Fat lady. So transparent. Yeah. And Harry goes like, uh, er, uh, and then the narrator even says the honest answer was yes, but he did not want to give it. Oh, Ron seemed friend. to gather the worst from the looks on Harry's face. There, uh, so it was never confirmed, but like you would think it had to have happened at some point. You think they at least point. kiss it in the dance. At the, at the, at the oh, dance. Right. They had that like makeout garden outside of the mm-hmm. dance. Makeout garden. Is, I thought it was just like bushes in the hallway that people were standing behind. No, it was outside. Snape, oh, it was okay. outside. There were, there were bushes outside that people were making out. So behind. I imagine them, and I don't know if the book actually describes the layout of them, but I just imagine there was a bunch of individual bushes in the hallway. <laughs> people were just like, let's get behind this one. We'll get behind this one. It's just a row They're of people like making out. They're not like urinals. I imagine, right. <laughs> I imagine a decorative maze. I don't know why. Ooh, That's okay. just what I yeah. I imagine it as the garden at the end of the um the, fourth the Princess point? Diaries. Oh, when oh yeah, on the yeah, light yeah. With yeah. Foot. That's what I imagine that yeah. garden <laughs> And I imagined a topiary. Ooh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look it up. I did. Yeah, so Harry goes to bed angrily, just lays in bed, staring at the ceiling, earnestly trying to convince himself that his feelings for Ginny are purely elderly brotherly. Sure. Sure. So he has all these angry thoughts. He even at one point has the thought of tearing Dean limb from limb for kissing her. He keeps justifying by saying it's natural for him to feel this way because he views her as his sister. It's a brotherly type thing. It's natural to feel protective of her. And then he has to keep telling himself she's out of bounds. She's Ron's sister. She's out of bounds. He wouldn't risk his friendship with Ron for anything. And then he punches his pillow. I thought it was out of anger when I first read it, but the book says it's to get it in a more comfortable position. But I thought at first he was going, oh man, I love Jenny. Yeah, it's like when you're, it's when you're like you're chopping vegetables after having a fight with somebody and being like, everything is fine. <laughs> yeah, so he just goes to bed in this angry hormonal state. But that's the end of what we're going to be covering in today's episode of Potterless. Uh, ladies, how do you feel about this section of the chapter? Oh man, it's a good one. Oh boy. I like the second half too though. Yeah, yeah. the good. chapter as a whole, the whole is it's yeah, good. The whole chapter is a really yeah, good one. Yeah, it's it's a good chapter, and at the at the risk of uh, doing my professorial thing, here we go. It is evocative of a larger theme, both in this book and this kind of back third of this series, which is about the narratives we tell ourselves and how the like way that we narrate our own actions and the the you know denial and turning away from stuff within us and not looking at the parts of us that are icky or squishy or you know uncertain is really powerful and aggregates over time and feeds into your future behavior. So even though, yes, it's like hormonal, you know, kids, and it's funny to look at now knowing, you know, for those of us who have read the books, who they end up with, it is really real. And as relationships kind of like come together and fracture over the next, you know, book and a half, keep this in mind. It's going to be uh, fun to look back on. Wow, look how smart and eloquent. I was just going to say I liked it because Jenny's insults are funny. She's <laughs> also brutal. <laughs> Great. I loved it. Uh, they are funny. Mm, they're, 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 they're mean. They're mean. But, but they're really funny. <laughs> yeah, but they're pretend people, so it's okay when they yell at each other. Um, but yeah, thank you guys Wait, so much for being... <laughs> I hate to break this to you, <laughs> Kelly. What? Not a documentary. Oh what? <laughs> Wait, what? It's real to Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> but ladies, thank you so much for being on. You got it. Thank you. And listeners... Thank you so much for listening. And as they say, every time they want to go through the tapestry to get to the secret corridor where people go to make out and stuff. <laughs> Wizard on! Wizard on! Wizard on! Wizard on. <laughs> <laughs> If you need more Harry Potter discussion in your life, you can head on over to facebook.com slash Potterless and join our fancy private group where people share memes and discuss things that happen in the book. And there's a spoiler group that I'm not in where people talk about stuff that I haven't got to yet. It's a very fun time. And I love every single person that's in that group. Potterless is created by Mike Schubert. It is hosted by Mike Schubert. It is edited by Mike Schubert. It is produced by Mike Schubert, as well as Leanne Davis, Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Erica and Calvin Bauer, Sadie Bear, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar, Deborah Wilkins, Klaus Lobu, Alex Stark, Rebecca, Admech, Frank, Giotto, Marchismo, Tori Larsic, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfelio, Sheila Vidian, Nathan, Jenna Dowsett, Kieran Webb, Luis Nusak, Akansha, Saxena, Rebecca Vinznez, Abid Ahmed, Caitlin Jordan, Pantalo, Licia, Rue, Ayana Kronk, Benjamin Bridges, Rosemary Dodge, Jill Boulay, Maria Lisa Sikin, Maria Paulton, Ariel Bird, Romina Rivdenira, Kumail Doc, Anthony Bonrigo, Diego Matienza, Andrew Clack, Celeste Smith, Russell Dunk, Jenny Nelson, Dustin Mullen Cooch, Katie Rogers, Audra, Indiana Mercer, Eleanor Curlin, Sydney Cawthorn, Billy Hinton, Roseanne Batimana, Mikey Cool, Andrea Franz, Nikita Power, Colette Smith, Chrissy Blackburn, Shrina Unicod, Jeremy Bonnie, Stephen Gonye, Lala Palmer, Chelsea Green, Taylor Armstead, Victoria Jones, and Sammy Curti. Web designed by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campamanis. If you need any information about the show or you want to see other things that I've been in, you can head to PotterlessPodcast.com. We're on all of your social medias. Just search for Potterless. You can subscribe to Potterless wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. Just search for Potterless. And if you want bonus content, you can head to Patreon.com slash Potterless. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, wizard on! Thank you.